Are y'all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go to New York City. Oh, but wait. First, before we go to New York City, we have a slight detour, a.k.a. special treat for our listeners. That's right. We have an interview with Crystal Joy Brown, who is currently Eliza Hamilton on Broadway in Hamilton. We have an interview with her. So we're going to run that first. We did that. And then after that interview, we're going to run our regularly scheduled Hamilton Gone with the Bushes podcast. You 17 listeners want to know how in the holy hell we got a Broadway star on our Gone with the Bushes podcast. You got to listen. All right. So here we go. Here's our interview with Crystal Joy Brown. We are so honored to have the extremely talented, multifaceted star of stage and screen, Crystal Joy Brown, joining us on Gone with the Bushes this week. Welcome, Crystal. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it feels like a family reunion. I'm not going to lie. It already feels like the my family hangout that I will have in like an hour. <laughs> it's so good to be here exactly. and see all of your beautiful faces. Oh, thank you for blessing uh, us with your presence. Our 17 listeners are going to be so impressed. <laughs> hey. Hey, 17. <laughs> You might have like 22 after this. All right. <laughs> they really be up in the, in the podcast. Right? That's right. I, I believe in you, ladies. I believe. <laughs> yeah. So you're so sweet. Well, <laughs> I have known you since mm. third grade. Yep. And I think after third grade, you were pretty much in every class with Adam. Yeah. Through sixth grade. Yep. Yeah, and and I this is embarrassing to say this, this in front of his gorgeous. wife. <laughs> but I was so obsessed with Adam Bush. <laughs> I was obsessed with him. I thought he was so cute, and just yeah, I was like obsessed. I was just and he was oblivious. Oblivious. I mean, I'll tell you what, nothing has changed. He was very oblivious to me for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, he's been doing it since the beginning, so it wasn't <laughs> to trust me. Good it. to know. A hard, hard ignore. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I have a question. To to, I have yeah. so many questions actually. Oh, um, it's like so embarrassing. It's like my first oh, crush ever. Well, and, his wife, and then I just remember and his mom okay. <laughs> and a sister. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I I kind of like adopted myself into your family. It's fine. <laughs> And we have adopted you. Welcome. The talent. Aaron, what's your question? Um, well, how did you get involved with Hamilton? How did how did this yes. whole thing come about? Yeah. Forever and ever. Right, we'll just how did Hamilton? Okay. So I was <laughs> just always singing, I mean, as as your mom might remember, I was always singing, like take me out to the ball game and and just singing at, at school and at church. And um, I was with the Washington Performing Arts Society Children of the Gospel Choir in DC. And I was just always performing. And um, I, I knew from a very early age, like what I wanted to do, but it was actually like seeing representation, seeing Alvin Ailey dancers, seeing complexions and things like that, that made me actually understand that this is actually something that I, a person of color, a woman of color could do. Um, and so the first show that I ever saw, like 
that I really, that really cemented the fact that this could be a career for me was rent. And I was obsessed with it. My sister yes. is almost five years older than me. And that show, it just, all of the rainbow of people living in New York City, trying to survive. It was just so beautiful and magical to see that. And I was like, that's the kind of world I want to live in where everyone is taking care of each other and raw and real. And I, it was like the first time I had also seen in musical theater, people be that raw and messy. You know, it's like, yeah. it's about mainly drug addicts, right. who have AIDS, right. <laughs> you know, gay, you know, drag queens, um, just everything. And it was just so my vibe. And I was like, this is, it made me fall in love with New York, first of all. And then I was like, okay, I can actually do this because I see myself. And, and that's why now, like, you know, representation really matters. But I also, yeah, I moved to LA actually in like ninth grade, 10th grade. Yeah, no, it was like the middle of 10th grade. So I was uh, going to Hayfield in Virginia. And then I moved to LA with my mom. She got a job in LA. So we moved and I I still knew even though living in LA and it's like, you know, Hollywood and all of that. I was like, no, no, no. Like theater is my jam. New York is my place. Like that's where I need to be. So I, I went to school in New York. I went to um, AMDA, American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Ah. Yeah. And I, I graduated after like a year and a half. I did it really, really fast. Wow. And, um, well, yeah. So the whole thing is that you know, we're very spoiled in Fairfax County. Like the school system is incredible as your mom, you know, she's a part of that, um, <laughs> creating, you know, a really amazing uh, educational area. Like Los Angeles is abysmal when it comes to education. Very different. Um, yeah, very yes. different. And it's really unfortunate. So when I got to LA, I started, I had to take college classes because they didn't even have the classes that I took. So. I ended up doing everything really fast. And so by 19, I was like out in the world, like, okay. Oh my God. Let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. I got $325 wow. in my pocket. Let's uh, do this. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I had seen rent like 11 times, like a lot of times with my sister. We would like be those people that camped out. We were rent heads. We were obsessed with it. Um, and, and that was the first job I booked. I booked the national tour of, of rent and I played Mimi you know, exactly what I wanted to play, you know, a drug addict stripper with AIDS, like just <laughs> needy, you know, I get of to course. Yeah. down a flight of stairs. Um, and and that's when I, I started to realize like, oh, wow, there's so many amazing stories out there to tell that are musical theater. And, and then, so that was my first tour. And then after that, I did some TV and I booked some pilots. And then I did my first Broadway show, which was Hair. Um, and I, I realized after like giving so many um, interviews, I realized that there's always kind of like a socially conscious element to everything that I pick. Um, mm. And hair was all about the Vietnam War and right. the draft. And so it was like a beautiful explosion of, you know, activism within that and, and how these things, it's like kind of frustrating that these things never change, you know, um, and, and how the chants don't change and, and, and so, but it was beautiful to be a part of that, especially at the time of uh, the gay rights movement. And we were marching on Washington and protesting um, for equal rights for gay marriage and all of that. And so I was like, wow, this kind of like actor activism thing is, it can be a thing. Um, and then my next Broadway show was Leap of Faith. Um, and then, and now that, that show, yes. that show lasted for two weeks on Broadway. Um, and it starred Raul Esparza. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and Leslie Odom Jr. was in it. Like, so there's a Hamilton connection right oh. there. So, uh, 
Um, yeah, the, the Aaron Burr. And he at first when we did it in LA, which we do out of towns first mm -hmm. for like figuring out the show, trying it, um, changing scripts and all that stuff, adding songs. And Alan Minken, who is I don't even I don't even know how many Oscars that he has at this point. I think like nine or twelve. Uh, <laughs> but he did all the music for like all of your Disney childhood, you know, dreams. Um, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, um, uh, Little uh, what is it? Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, just all of them tangled he's just like a musical genius and he was doing the music for this show and you know it just i don't know what happened but <laughs> is that was that a musical take off of is, the movie huh it, yes yes oh, okay it was a movie. with the steve yes, martin right yes, yes it was the steve martin film and we turned it into a movie and like look let's be honest like movie musicals oh they don't really work they don't ever really last you know um and now I've done a couple of them and it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's always the same fate. Um, so yeah, we did that. And then we, it was a very slow year. It was 2012 and we ended up getting nominated for best musical and had to perform at the Tonys and our show was already gone. Um, oh, and I was wow. like, well, I guess we're just going to do this. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was ridiculous, but it was also like, you know, this is, this is the business. You work on something for three years and maybe it lasts two weeks. Like it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, because it wow. takes about seven to 10 years for a show to make it to Broadway. Um, so then the next show was a show called Big Fish, which was also based, based on a movie. Uh, the Tim Burton movie. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> three months, that lasted three months. <laughs> no, to no Tony nominations, but um, yeah, we tried it. Uh, <laughs> and I played, I was, I was very much so the token in that show. Um, and I played the wife of, um, ah. Yeah, though I played Josephine, the Marion Cotillard character in the movie. And when we did it out of town, we did it in Chicago, and I had a French accent. And for some reason, when I came to Broadway, I had no accent anymore. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I did spend three months in Paris um, and and wrote it off as research. Um, nice. Oh, yeah. wow. I would like to say that my I think that Excellent. my French accent was yeah I think my French accent was not that bad. People. Um, people, when I, you know, came back at, like when I met the audience after the show, were like, oh, you're not French. And I'm like, no, I'm not French. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, <laughs> yeah, I can see now why they, they had me be American. Um, okay. So, so then right after that, I, I, I replaced in, in Motown and I played Diana Ross. Wow. And, yeah. And that was amazing because I, yeah. I, I learned so much, you know, I was learning so much about my own history because Motown, the story of Motown and just the history that you don't learn about, you know, being black in this country, you're just kind of like, that's just what it is. You know, you don't actually get the, the beginning stories a lot of times of like how things came to be and being able to work with Barry Gordy right. and, and then actually like learning about the history of music. And like, I saw Diana Ross as a black superstar, megastar. And I was just like, oh yeah, so black megastars are a thing. But when she was my age looking at her, you know, looking out in the world saying, is there a space for me? She had no one, you know, mm -hmm. she created yeah. that space. Exactly. Yeah, and the creation of like, I mean, he created black superstars and it was cool to be in a black show that was about black fabulousness. Yeah, you know, it, it was you like, weren't a you maid. Know, all the costumes were $30,000, yeah. yes. you know, and, and it was just cool that we weren't talking about slavery or we weren't talking about oppression. I mean, there was obviously that because the arm of oppression is long, wide and deep and, and been around and it's going to be around for a while. But 
but it was about overcoming all of that. It was about taking ownership. It was about um, like being creators and artists and understanding our worth and value. And I was like, wow. And that was a very powerful thing to be a part of and just learn about, you know, how to have the power as a black artist. And then I did that for a year and I was like, all right, (laughs) I need a break. Um, so that's I, I, gotta be grueling because you do like eight, eight plays a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eight shows a wow. week, six days a week. Only day off is Monday. And I missed a lot of things, you know, I missed weddings and birthdays and, yeah. you know, just right. I missed life. I missed time with my family and friends and, and it was just sad. You know, I, I hated, I hated that part of it, but I was also like, you know, and it also, makes you a selfish person in a lot of ways because you can't be there for people because you're always thinking about, well, my job is number one. Right. I get yeah. one week off um, every six months. That's it. And oh and then, God. yeah. And then you just kind of, you have to, to kind of schedule your life and within those parameters. So I just miss so many things. Um, right. And so I, I, and I was kind of burnt out from New York. I'd lived here for a while. And then I was just kind of like, you know what? I just need a change of pace. And so I moved back to LA. Um, I got representation in LA and I was like, oh, this is going to be great and easy. And oh my God, wow. It was crazy hard, but I learned so much about myself and it was wild. It was like, you know, the election happened and it was just like, what the hell is going on? Um, And, and I just. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of like, who am I? What do I want? What is my life? And so I started kind of figuring out things that I wanted to do outside of acting. I mean, I started taking classes at UCLA for writing and and um, I was like, oh, I want to direct and I want to produce. And I started a feminist podcast with one of my best friends. And I was just kind of taking an inventory of what I wanted and who I wanted to be. And, um, and then I just kind of, I was like, if I do Broadway again, awesome. You know, if not, I've done four great shows and that's fine too. But I, I, yeah, last year in June, I get a call and my agents are like, um, so Hamilton just called and was wondering if you'd be interested in the role of Eliza. And I was like, uh, and I said, do you mean Angelica? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, Eliza, she's a soprano, you know, like she's, that's a hard role. It's so thankless and she has to do so much work and, um, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know, it's very um, emotional every show. I mean, yeah, wow. Well, also, like, Angelica was like more of the diva. She's like, you know, she has this like air and reputation. She's just kind of like more sassy, but Mm -hmm. she's also, she is not the leading female role. So I was like, all right, well, let me just see how this fits on me. You know, I was like, let me just see if I'm an Eliza. And and it's funny because after I started doing the material and listening to the lyrics, like really listening to the lyrics, because I had seen the show in 2016, um, but I I was like, oh, let me just like hear her and hear what they have for her. And I was just like, oh my God, she's so tender right. and raw and like the things that she gets to do. She has the most emotional arc in the entire show. I was like, wait a second, this is, yeah. there's something really cool there. You know, there can be. Um, something really yes. great about this character not just being like the workhorse um role but she is she's a workhorse um and and so I yeah I I, I had an audition <laughs> and and then uh, a couple weeks later I got a call with an offer 
So I had an audition in August. So called me in June, audition in August, booked the role on September 3rd. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so, and I had kind of known them for a long time. I had, I had auditioned for it in 2013. Wow. But I, also, I had booked wow. Diana. Wow the same time that they were doing callbacks for a workshop and a workshop just is a couple of weeks. So I was like, ah, it's a workshop. It'll come back around or whatever. But like, no one knew Hamilton was going to be Hamilton and people, in fact, oh, it was kind of like, yeah. yeah, in fact, it was kind of like a, uh, you know, a rat hip hop. Like, what is this? this is like a rat. Like, people of color playing white people. What is this? You know, people didn't conceptualize it. Yes. And even when I like hear like Debbie Diggs talking about it, he's like, no, we had no idea this was going to be a hit. We were kind of like, well, we're going to just throw this out, you know. Exactly. <laughs> they had no yeah. idea. Yeah. So so that's kind of the long story of how my journey to get there. But um, and I said to myself, I was like, I'm not really going to move back to New York unless it's either Hamilton or a new show, um, because I just I want to create new stuff right. or work on things that I think are like extraordinarily compelling. And I was like, well, Hamilton is that. Um, so I was just like, thank God. And, and now getting to do Eliza, I just oh my love God, her yeah. so much. Yeah. Wow. So how do you, yeah, how you do you say deal... you had done a lot of research on her? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a, a prerequisite, you know, like, um, you, whenever you're playing a real person, there are levels of like, like when I was playing Diana, I had 11 days to learn that role, which is crazy. Oh but I just read as much as I could. And on YouTube, wow. you know, I had the, the fortune of having so many interviews from her um, and, and it just kind of seeing how she sat, how she talked and how she moved. Oh, I could she... like really digest that because she's a performer, you know, Eliza, Elizabeth, Skyler was born in the 1700s and there's right. no recorded footage of her. And of course, like I'm a black woman, like I'm not going to portray her. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, the idea always, I think, with playing a real person is just getting the essence of who they are. And when I looked at, you know, her being a mother and the love that she had for her husband and then after he died and all the things that she did, that kind of informed her character to me. And also she, you know, I really wanted to age her as yes. well. Like, I wanted her to be young you know they met when she was like 22 and i wanted her to be like grow into herself and um and like helpless like helpless she's just in love and and when they first met it was that correspondence of just like love letters back and forth and they their courtship was very quick they only had two weeks of knowing each other until he proposed and they were married in like a month or so so yeah so I, that you know just getting to know her and also reading because she did wow. end up burning all of the letters that he wrote her. I mean, she wrote him. Um, there's a book of all of his writings and he has, there's a section in it and it's all the things that he wrote to her and it's just like beautiful. And I just imagine kind of what she would say back. Um, but she wasn't really like, she wasn't really a writer. She wasn't really like, like intellectual. She was smart, you know, but she, oh, that was okay. what she, she she wasn't leading with that. You know, her sister was more so the, let's talk about foreign affairs. Let's talk about government. Let's talk about creation. Let's talk about revolution. She was more so like, uh-huh, that sounds really right. Excellent. What do you guys want for dinner? You know, um, mm -hmm. and and yes, domesticated, but also sitting in on conversations with <laughs> powerful people in the world. And her best friend was Martha Washington. And so that's just knowing that those were the relationships of them, just like, oh, she's always around for these things. She wasn't ignorant, like just this, you know, woman right. in the background. She was very aware, which is why the next 50 years of her life, she dedicated to service and and putting his legacy out there. And without her, you know, this Ron Chernow, who wrote the book that it's based off of, 
he, you know, he, he credits her all throughout the book about this would never have happened. Like this book could not have happened without Elizabeth Hamilton going through and making sure that his legacy happened because he died in scandal and no one wanted to touch it with, you know, like they were like, wanted to basically erase him. Um, right. So she kept fighting for his legacy and she, she had a, her cousin make a biography about him and she wasn't really that pleased with it, but because like he did it begrudgingly, but she really fought for him to have a legacy. Yeah. So I love researching though. I'm a total nerd. So it's like fun for me to sit there and go, and they gave me five weeks to learn this role. So I had some time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Versus 11 days for the other one. Yeah. Yeah. You always feel like you're being shot out of a cannon. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you have five weeks. You're like, we need five five months actually. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't think there's ever a moment where you're like, I am ready for this, you know, like, you're just like, there's 2000 people who had <laughs> high expectations, you know, and yeah. paid a lot of money to be here. Um, and the rehearsal process is crazy because you're basically just rehearsing by yourself with the dance captain. You may have a couple of rehearsals with your, you know, with my Hamilton or whomever. And then that's really it. And then we have one rehearsal where like I'm in costume and everybody else is in their regular clothes. Like, um, I, this is like a two-do-shay. Sh- two that's, yeah. that's not what we say, the two-do-shay, um, two-show day is um, for like for them. So you're like, I'm sorry, but I have to have a rehearsal with all of you because I don't know how this goes, you know? Yeah. Um, but you have a very quick turn on <laughs> one rehearsal with the entire cast. I was gonna say like, I didn't, you know, when I, when Liz and I came to see you in Hamilton, like, obviously I knew about Hamilton, like, uh, you know, everybody knows about Hamilton, but like, I didn't know where the story was going to go or anything like that. And then like, I was like, so happy in the end when it like, it basically ends like about Eliza. Like that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing. Like in the end, when they talk about like what she went on to it, do. It's her story. But I was like, oh my God. And then I was just like sitting here and I was like, oh, never anywhere is it written it's called it's not called alexander hamilton it's like her mm-hmm. name is hamilton too um but i just yeah, i didn't even think of it like that i love that yeah yeah i think that there's so much pride in that moment especially exactly because, because like you know the show is very male heavy obviously and so having her step out and yes. like take ownership of the of the narrative, you know, the first thing that she says is, I put myself back in the narrative. I stop mm-hmm. wasting time on tears. I live another 50 years. It's not yes. enough. You know, and she's she goes in and she's just like, this is what I've done. And she goes and lists yeah. all of her accomplishments. A woman who would probably have never done that, you know, otherwise. Yeah. She, she lists her accomplishments that, that were inspired by the greatness of her husband and the love that she has for him. You know, he broke her heart into a million pieces. In fact, like their daughter... Right lost her mind and ended up in an asylum after Philip died. It was like hit after hit after hit, but she still stayed so present and connected to that relationship and like forgiveness, um, forgiveness is that is a big component, Mm -hmm. but also just love, you know, and what love can do. And like that pushed her to become an even greater human. Yeah. Sorry, Erin, uh, I cut you off. At which point I'm sobbing. Just <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> I hope okay, so. I'm going to cut Erin off too because on Facebook, a lot of people were saying, wait, what about the ending? I mean, did that really happen? Did she really do all that? And I go, yeah, people get educated. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there was this book, uh, My Dear Hamilton. 
yeah, that I read. And I said, read this. If you don't think that she went on and she did all that stuff on her own as a woman, yes. In the 1800s. I mean, she lived long enough to meet Lincoln. And she, I mean, she, she outlived everybody, really. And she continued to do great things. Yeah. And they all were connected to him in some way. Like, the idea of her opening an orphanage when he yes. was an orphan. I mean, that is the biggest <gasps> love letter. <laughs> You know, know, like, are you kidding me? And when I, whenever um, I am do that ending and like the thing, you know, thing that I'm most proudest of, that's what she says. And it's like, just, I, I take the moment to look at the audience, like, like it's people like her, it's people that, that make sure that people are taken care of in the end that allow generations to continue, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and prosper. And so looking Her, in everyone's yes. eyes too, and I, you know, everyone's beginning to well up in the audience and I'm welling up and it's just like this big emotional moment with us. But it's just, um, it's just such an amazing experience to think that this woman who had, I mean, honestly though, when he died, she was struggling financially. She was not, she, they, they didn't have some big amount of money. It was really, she was really reliant. She still had eight kids, you know, eight other kids. So she was still relying heavily on, family friends and all of that. So she, it, it was hard for her to like continue the legacy and, and yes. these, ha these things happen, but she did no matter what, you know? And so I just, I, I'm like, that's why I want to play Eliza. Like that's the kind of things in, in a woman that I want to be like, Angelica's awesome, right? She's like, you know, she has this great like, rap yes. song helping <laughs> moment, it's awesome, but like, Eliza yes. is just, she's the heart, you know, she's the kind of woman I want to be, you know, when I grow yeah. up, <laughs> you know, that has that much love, compassion, strength, uh, you know, that always probably surprising herself with doing new things and, and doing grander things. So it yeah. probably should be really yes. her story, yes. but no well, one was there to write her story. She was the one that wrote mm -hmm. Hamilton's story. And so it's Hamilton. Yeah, That's but, always gets yeah. me at the end is how at the very end, right. it's like, oh, and she did blah, blah, blah. And you're like, excuse me, wait, where's her story? Because that's <laughs> yeah. a lot that just got rattled off to me in this <laughs> very short amount of time. Excuse pretty me. pretty sure we need the sequel. Yeah. We cover all right. right. Um, I mean, I completely agree. And so Lynn... Eliza. Uh, well, we did musical. one. Yes, the spin-off. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> Go ahead, Ma. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Put some of Manziel's music in there. We're all good. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, We did wonder how you put yourself through that emotional roller coaster each night and sometimes and two two days twice a day mm. yeah because I mean, we have we we talked amongst ourselves and we each said in our own way i it's gonna set up but you're our favorite eliza oh, you know how <laughs> I, I mean because when you smile, it's not just your mouth. It goes all the way through your face. It comes out through your eyes. You know, it, I mean, you. you were, I saw it with three different Elizas, and oh, you wow. are by oh, far wow. my favorite. And I know I, it's because I'm I talking to you, but it's not. That. It's true. Thank you. I mean, um, yes. Doing, okay, yes. this, uh, you know, the emotional arc of this show, and I really, 
like I thought about, you know, aging her and even from voice to like every bit of her voice, like she's a little bit more high pitched on, on helpless. And then she begins to settle as she becomes a mom and as she gets older. Um, and, and her journey to me is in service of all of the women when I'm doing it. So when I feel like I'm in yes. service, it doesn't feel taxing on me the same way. I think that if I'm doing something for myself, um, like when I'm doing a song like Burn and I literally am sitting there and I'm going, this is for all of the yes. ladies who have felt this pain, you know? And it gives me strength when I feel them leaning in with me or, you know, I, I it's not necessarily, it doesn't become about me. It becomes about right. all of us. And that changes the whole dynamic for me. Um, and it changes the amount of stress and work that I have to do. All I have to do is try to be honest to the moment. When I'm helpless, I'm like, oh my God, who doesn't love being in love? And it's like, girl, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, that feels so good. And that, and if you set that up, if you set up the joy, the heartbreak for burn is 10 times harder. You know, um, if you set that up, if you're like, I'm so in love, I'm so, you know, and then that would be enough. It's like, I understand who you are. Like just choose me yes. once, once in a while, you know, just come home to me and I'll be happy and I'll, we'll, I'll make sure everything is okay. Um, and then just going to even like take a break and that arc, like that arc of her constantly like being that pillar for him. Um, right. and, then, and then the heartbreak and then the bigger heartbreak of losing her son. And I, that's another moment when I think of all of the, the women, not just the women, but everyone who has lost a child. I think that that is, I, I, I'm not a mom. I hope to be a mom someday. But I think that that it would be the hardest pain ever, and oh. so I try to connect with those hearts and minds. I'm, I I gather yes. that so that it's a cathartic experience for me, but it's also for them and for people who have experienced that kind of grief um, and loss. And then, and then going on, it's like the forgiveness where it's like it's still tender and it's like I, it's still what I want it to be, but I'm still leery of you. you know? um, and then, and then we have like the end where she spent oh, more yes. time alone than, you know, than with her husband, you know, exactly. And I know what it's like for um, like my mother lost my father when I was five. So I know what it's like to see a woman continue on after her husband is dead right. and the grief and like the, the also the larger than lifeness that he becomes as well. Um, and so I, I look at her and I think of her and I go, okay, like that love for him, like when she talks about him, it just never goes away. Like she, you know, there is like, there's always like a sparkle and a twinkle of like what they were like. And, you know, even when she talks about bad things, you still like right. you hear the love, like even hear the, the complete, like that's her first love. That's her first true, true, true love. And that never ever fades. And so I, I kind of pulled that from my own mom, which is why, like in the, in the, um, in my program, I, I cite my grandmother, my mom, and my sister because I really like those women. And and I wanted this world to be for women because I, I definitely think that there are some, un, you know, there's some unfortunate like missing parts of the women in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the end, I always have the people are always like, oh, there just needs to be more like of the women. And I'm like, yeah, but it's. It was written by a man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; like it, it has that. Um, yeah, the great, the most gracious thing. It was written by. Yeah, I mean. the most gracious thing you could have done is given her that ending song. But but it's also just like yeah, like it's taxing. It's absolutely taxing. But 
I get more strength knowing that like I'm getting this energy from the audience that allows me to be more vulnerable. And then I don't feel like I'm, it's not definitely like mutilating, you know, oh, like yeah, I, right. a lot of actors do that self mutilating thing where it's like, I'm tortured and I have to be, I've learned. And I used to think that that was the way to connect to people like by torturing myself, therefore I will give the best performance, but really mm -hmm. like actors that are really concerned about their own, um, their, their own vulnerability or being like the most, you know, neurotic versions of themselves thinking that that's going to be the most hireable or artistic version of themselves. I'm like, I think that that actually makes people put guards up. And I think mm -hmm. that, that you can't really tap through those guards when you're so concerned about how people are going to, to see you. Um, even though you think that, oh, I'm being a tortured artist and, and I'm being all the things that people want to see. Um, cause I'm, I'm so angry, but I'm like, but you're not accessible. <laughs> And so, you know, if you're not, if those emotions aren't exactly like, if they're not processed and dealt with and accessible and you can open them up and take them out and put them back away, like when you're done, then you're an unhealthy actor. You're an unhealthy artist, in my opinion. Cause I, that's, I think that's why a lot of people lose their minds. And, you know, that's why a lot of artists right. Right. Know, kill themselves throughout mm -hmm. history because we don't know how to be healthy in this. You know, we think that the truest form is being pain and, and in pain yeah so, yeah well let me tell you when we yeah. saw when burn when you were singing burn i looked at liz and i said if your son ever does something like that to me i'm gonna do a hell of a lot more than burn all of his letters and she yeah. started laughing and she's yeah. like oh my god she's gonna look in the crowd and see that i was laughing at <laughs> <laughs> no. it is oh my god it's so dark at that moment oh, yeah. i think it's the darkest moment in the entire show um so yes i couldn't see a thing trust me um and i'm also just thinking don't mess with the words don't mess with the words <laughs> so don't don't you worry don't you worry i i love like yes. aaron cough you know like in the middle of like the pause oh god yeah <laughs> oh, thanks you know yeah i was watching an interview with um a girl that played a disney princess at disney world Mm -hmm. And she was saying that there's like a similar thing, yes. like when you work at Disney World, you're supposed to be in character all the time. And she was like, I would go to party, like my family reunions. And they'd be like, oh, what do you do for work? And she would have to be like, oh, I'm really good friends with Princess Jasmine at work or something like that. And she was like, it's kind of oh like, it God. seems silly, but like at the end of the day, like you're expected to be yeah. in character like 24 hours a day. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, as soon as I walk off, I'm like... <laughs> I, you died. I mean, I think, and I think that right. there's something really great about, you know, people that like stay in character and all of that, but I, right. I, gotta, I, gotta, like, I gotta drop her off. Like, Take you know, that corset yeah. off. Right. Yeah, exactly. That corset is real. Oh God, we are wearing corsets. Okay. That was also a learning curve. And, and before oh every show, I, before like learning a new show, I always, um, I, one of the way that, ways that I train is to run on the treadmill and sing. So oh, wow. oh, my with, with oh. like being restricted breathing. So I, I run and, you know, I'll sing, I'll sing my entire score, you know, as I'm running and I'll do that like daily for a little while. Oh yeah. Well, don't worry. I, I sing your entire score while I'm running also. You know what I'm talking about? They have like a Spanx thing that they can do now instead. No, we're wearing corsets. Yeah. <laughs> Is, it looks tight. It's yeah. probably like, oh my God. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, after a while, like you have to break it in just like a pair of shoes. So yeah, after a minute, you're like, okay, this is painful, but okay, it'll be fine. And you just, 
it, it expands a little bit, but wow. you know, also we have so many stairs in that show. So it's, and I'll, my, I think I counted, it's like 65 steps to my dressing room Yes, but because I'm always on stage. I don't have to go there very often, but it is just a workout. So, you know, you just naturally lose weight when you're doing it. So you have your fitting way in advance and then you start doing all these stairs all day and then you lose weight and you're like, ah, I can sink through this. Well, I'm glad you say that because I, Adam's one question for you was, did it ever take getting used to for the spinning stage? Oh my God, that's a great question. And yes, yes. Um, is turntable we call it the turntable yes the spinning oh, stage yeah so we um so we absolutely have to rehearse the spinning stage and the, the turntable walking in the heels it's all all different and then um and then just constantly you know, we're, we're walking across and there's dancers and there's all of these like oh, things God. that have so many obstacles. Satisfied. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, okay, there's the arm going up here. So I can't do that. And I can't, this is turning <sighs> on the ground. So you have to step around him. And then Angelica's in the middle. So, and then you have to take the papers here and you have to sit here. I mean, the oh, turntables are yeah. their own thing. Um, and so, and because like the show is happening when you're rehearsing, you're just rehearsing in a rehearsal room and there's no spinning oh, floor. Oh, oh my God. Have you ever gotten disoriented with the stage? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the turntable also, yes, it's very hard. We have to do a lot of rehearsal with it. Um, separate, you know, and, and there's so many people doing things. There's people that are dancing and they're during helpless satisfied. They're like people on the floor and then like Angelica's in the middle and it's turning one way. And sometimes the turntables turn opposite directions because there's one in the middle, yes. one on the outside. So as you're walking, your feet are just doing the dumbest things. Like your, your feet oh, just feel so wild, like you're just ice skating. Um, one time, one time in like the the beginning of my my run, um, the turntables would not stop spinning oh, God. during Satisfied, during Help with Satisfied. Oh, no. So I was like, oh my God. Oh. So Angelica was like standing there and she like had to keep treading, like treading water. Like as she's singing, <laughs> she like oh, her feet are jumping back and forth, up and down. She's like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And ah. I was like, what's happening? And I was like, something feels really off. And I was like, the turntable won't stop. Ah. Um, oh. So, but, you know, like that's the great thing about live theater. Yeah. You know, stuff always yeah. messes up. I mean, in, in Motown, uh, my dress busted open in the back, just, you know, out of nowhere and I could not turn around. And so it was just doing the whole number and the scene afterwards, just flat to the audience, like looking just insane, you know, but these things happen. And and one time also a glass vase fell and I was like, you guys, that was glass. Like I we didn't expect that. Right. Yeah, why would we have yeah. glass on the stage? Yeah, so it, fa it fell and it shattered into a million pieces and then we just uh. kind of made it work. Um, and this was also in Motown. We just like, I, I started, I went, it was a fight between Barry Gordy and Diana and the, it, it fell and shattered as they were about to like, you know, have this big fight. And Diana just goes to like start fixing it and picking it up. And he goes, don't pick that up. And it was just like, and then I just like looked at him like furious. Yeah. And I got up and then I just went back to the mirror and started doing my makeup. <laughs> And it was like amazing. I mean, it was actually like a beautiful. Oh, yeah, it turned out. I don't want to do it again. And we had to like exactly. have to go and like to run out and start sweeping things up. But it was just that like it actually added to the tension. And oh. so like, all right, well, these things happen. You know, things happen all the time. And 
with a show like Hamilton, you have no idea how many times like I'll be listening to the speakers and I'll hear shot. <laughs> I wonder about that. I, yeah, I mean it happens so fast, you know. Like there's so many words and like I mean, I'm sorry to call out James Iglehart, but he is my favorite. I mean, he plays Lafayette. And when he and uh, Jefferson and his moments when he because he's just a master at it too. Like for some reason, he can just go democracy, and I'll be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you said no words. You said no words. You know, and you're just like listening. Like you're not necessarily can see it, but you're just listening, and you're like, did he just yabba dabba do democracy? <laughs> <laughs> yada yada did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It happens a lot. So, you know, you just kind of have to be like gentle with yourself. You learn to like not take things so seriously. And, and especially me, I'm like so hard on myself. So anytime I do anything messed up or anything be like a little bit wrong, I'd be like, no, no, no. And I'm like, okay, this is not sustainable. You have to be nice and gentle to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable for you to like, just beat yourself up all the time. So yeah. That was the theme of one of our last podcasts, wasn't it? Be nice to yourself. Yes. Yes. Last week, Christine, be nice to yourself. Yeah. Especially now, you know, we have to be nice to ourselves. I think that, you know, we're, we sat in isolation for a long time and then all this stuff happened and things, you know, everyone's having a revelation and there's no time for you to be like an asshole to yourself. There's just no. Right. We can't. Enough people are doing that to you anyway. Hello. I, I did want to talk <laughs> about your, before we lose you, I wanted to talk yeah. about your activism because you've right. been very active lately. And uh, I yeah. follow you on Instagram, of course, because I am totally fangirling. Ugh. But um, same. Yeah, you you did a march and um, yeah, because we've all got to be active now. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I've always felt deeply about, I think it's also like where we're from, you know, like we, um, I, I always knew I was raised on George Washington's slave land. Exactly. You know, I, I, Mount Vernon. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we were so engrossed in it and, and we get to see a lot of history being from where we're from in Alexandria, Virginia and, um, and the creation of this country and this creation of this nation. And I've always felt very connected to it. And then, you know, and I was always kind of one of those people that wanted to believe in progress. I also didn't want to just sit there and think like uh, the oppressive ha- hands are just on me and and making it so that I'm always going to be paid less, that I always have to work 10 times as harder. I just didn't want to believe that, but that is true. Like I have to work a thousand times harder than like my white counterparts to get the acknowledgement, recognition, money, you know, and that's, that's, that is just how it is. But going through this period and going, okay, um, all right, we're doing this major Broadway show, and then that that rug gets pulled out, and then it's kind of like we're in a waiting game. Where at first we're like, oh, it'll just be a month, you know. Everyone's like, oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. for a month, and then it was like, okay, three months, and then it was six months, and now it's a year, you know. Um, right. So that rug being pulled out, and then and then just watching people be slaughtered and my people people right. that look like me over and over and over again and it was just back to back to back you know and it, and this is something i see all the time you know unfortunately this is something we see and and i think that there's a reason we see it so much i've never seen a white person killed on the news ever in my life i've never right. ever seen that i've even when they've 
they have camera crews there and they're, you know, taking in someone who murdered nine people at a church. You don't, they walk out casually, you know, exactly or whatever. Protect their head going yeah. into the squad car. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and these people just don't have a chance. And I'm just, it was just, you know, five things too much. And, you know, when, when 45 became president, I went into a state of shock. I, I was grieving deeply, hard, hard crying every day, like crying in the streets. I mean, I, I was just so, so upset. I was all prepared to go to the Javits Center and, you know, celebrate my, my girl. That was hard. And, you know, and we have these things like the Electoral College and, and that just don't make sense and make people also really believe that their vote doesn't matter. And so then yes. I had a political feminist podcast in LA and I started becoming more vocal there and I was protesting, you know, women's rights and all of that. Um, and, and within those conversations talking about black rights, but like not the same way because people close their ears when they start hearing you say, well, black yes, they women, did. Uh, you know, molested all the time on sets and black women. Did, and they're like, oh, you have to make it a race thing. We're just yes. talking about women right now. And it's like, well, okay. But like, and so even like my me too stories, I just didn't feel like they were valid. You know, I didn't feel like I had a space to say that I could go in March and hope that like, well, maybe if white women can get paid better then like eventually I'll be paid better. Um, and, and marching like that, or like, even when I've marched for gay rights on Washington, I was like, well, if they have more rights then maybe I'll get more rights as well. And then just kind of looking and it's like the government had failed us in so many ways with unemployment, with all this bailout that, you know, really just gave these billionaires more billions. Um, and then watching just the senseless, like the hunting down and the slaughter and then having a president that's not even going to address it. It was just too much. And when I saw people protesting in the streets and I was like, I do not want to break quarantine because I want to go see my grandmother and I want to go home. I want to be able to leave New York. But there was no way I could stay in, inside my house. And so when I right. when I, I called a friend and was like, hey, this one's up in Harlem. It's by you. Are you are you willing to break your quarantine? Because I had been I didn't even open packages in my house. You know, I've been, I know that was the scary thing when all of this started is like Adam and I were sitting outside and we were like, but when 30 years from now, we want to are like, what are we going to be ashamed of what we did? And like, what side of history do you want to be on? there's yeah. two things going on right now and you kind of have to like decide which one or like to be the safest in both situations. Right. right. And you have to also think that like when you went out there, you know, when people go out there, they're risking their lives. Like mm -hmm. because of COVID, because of police brutality, it exactly. is exactly. Like, so I went out and it was a beautiful experience. It got crazy when we were on the West side highway. Um, and my heart okay. hurt. So we, we left, but you know, protesting for a couple of hours and, and marching with everyone and just like the the anger, you know, especially this was like very early on too, um, rightfully so, you know, and everyone was like, people shouldn't riot and burn things down and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, we are seeing that obviously that's police officers. We're seeing them put bricks in places. We're seeing mm -hmm. that it's outside forces trying to incite rage and rioting, um, but like, and, and then that's obviously died down a lot. And still, like, the police brutality is is just still happening. Yes. Well, I don't, I just it infuriates me when people talk about stuff, like looting mm -hmm. and buildings and things, and it's people's lives. Yeah. If you let your insurance lap, that's your bad. You know, but, like, you have insurance. These people when, will never get their children back. These people will right. never right. get their, yeah. their best friends back. They will never get... To, to have the lives that they had planned. Like if you've ever read Breonna Taylor's like tweets, 
it is the most heartbreaking, heart-wrenching thing. She had so much hope and aspirations and she yes. talked about her, her loneliness and her her desire to like do great things. And she was a one of our frontline workers. She was an EMT. Yep. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yes. And, and still like there's no justice for her. So I, yes. like, I'm going to take the streets and I want to you know do this. But then at the same time, then everyone's talking about racism in all their industries. And I was like, yeah, I'm in the Broadway industry. And and a lot of broad, black Broadway people were talking about the racism happening in, to them. And, and I was like, absolutely. Like, I've been the token. I have been right. the one. I have, I have dealt with all of these things. And I've worked with, you know, almost every major Broadway director that there is. And I was like, but I am not ready to sit here and talk about my paycheck. I am ready to, like, talk about the fact that four people were hung this week, you know, in right. the United States. Yeah. Like, right. There's a massive problem going on. And if we can't breathe if we can't live then our paychecks do not matter so right. for me i was like how do i bridge the gap of broadway and black broadway supporting the black lives matter movement and also being june i wanted to do something for gay pride and i wanted to also lift up the voices of the most marginalized and most the people that get the least amount of media attention and that is our our black trans lives and so yes i yes. wanted yes. to really focus the the rally and the march on all black lives and I got, you know, I got hate. I got tons of hate on all sides. You know, <laughs> like I got, you know, from from black people who are saying that I'm co-opting the narrative, um, and from <sighs> black people who tell me that transgender is disgusting, and yes, uh, and I was just like, you know, that's fine. The world that I want to live in, and the thousand people or so that showed up for that event, um, and 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 got a lot. I wanted to amplify also like our beautiful black talent. I had so many amazing black. Broadway artist there, but then I also had a keynote speaker that was um, that was a, a, an amazing trans actress and activist, and and I got to learn. I'm like I'm not perfect in knowing how to how to really respect pronouns and how to really right. my transgender siblings, and I I need to be better at that too. I was like I'm educating myself. Like I'm I need to do better. I need to be a better ally for for them as well. You know and. And it's it's hard to come back and be like, there's just so much hate. You know, people just have so much hate in their heart. And I don't understand why, but it's like, if one life doesn't matter, no life matters. You know, mm -hmm. and until exactly care about all lives, mm -hmm. we can't, like, none of it matters. And, and I think that, you know, we see a lot of white people out because they've seen a lot of injustices. I think, you know, white people are seeing a lot of, the injustices on so many levels and feeling it themselves like this government doesn't support you like if you are a person right. who's been in you know at, the, at a bar or owns a restaurant or owns you know you didn't get any support either and i think exactly. we're fed up you know we're fed up at this is this is the government that we have that these are the people that we have entrusted with our lives and livelihood and we have over 130,000 people dead in this country from a virus and then we have people that are willing to risk their lives and risk their livelihoods to go and march on the streets to say stop mm -hmm. killing us and it's like it, yes it's not even i roll my eyes every single time i have to say black lives matter i just i'm like god i can't even believe i have to say that right you shouldn't have to say it it's crazy yeah it, it's, it's 2020 but also How it, is this possible? what's in hamilton i'm i'm past patiently waiting hmm that is exactly, and I think that Hamilton actually, because I've never organized a rally or a protest before, <laughs> and I have no idea. I just started going on like Keynote on, on my MacBook and was like, I'm going to make like a, what would I want? What would I want to have? And mm -hmm. I just started 
imagining it. I was like, well, March for Freedom, no, Rally for Freedom, Rally for Freedom, a Rally for Freedom. And I want Broadway actors and performers to sing and spoken word and poetry. And, 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 and I want this to be like a prideful celebration because it is Global Pride Weekend. And I would want COVID testing and I want HIV testing. And, and I partnered with this amazing new brand new organization called Claim Our Space Now. And they're also, it's created by um, Broadway actors. And we just were like, oh. who do we know? How do we do this? And we just kind of made this beautiful event that there was no incidences of violence or police brutality. And we were, we took 7th Avenue and 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 we also had six speakers in the stage in Times Square. You know, I don't know how wow. many I, <laughs> but like we did it and, and no one messed with us. They were just, they're actually really great. But then the next day, I, at the Queer Liberation March, there was beatings, there was, yeah. uh, oh my God. and the footage that I saw out of that, I was just like, oh my God, like, why, man? Like, why? Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And like, right now I'm on a film and, um, and it's a very commercial film and, um, and I am the only black lead. And I had a conversation with my director and I said, I am the only black lead. I just want to make sure that with every other featured artist, with every other background artist, there is representation. I, I know that it's hard and we are in a very, you know, Caucasian American area, but if you have to bust those people in, I would just really appreciate not being yeah. the token. Like I would really Thanks. appreciate if you created a world where, and they were like, we're already on it. They're like, we have been working on that and know that we, that is a priority for us and that we are having a lot of, you know, a lot of issues because it's COVID and all of the stuff that we have to do, we have to right. party, we have to get tested oh, yeah. over and over and over again. So getting even like a background artist to come is, you know, we have to put them in isolation. And they're like, we are working really hard to make sure, you know, and, you know, and having you as our, my, I play a mayor in this. I'm like, I can't be the mayor of an all white town, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. that wouldn't happen. Uh. But, but I think like that where even like I did this, rally and then like four days later I have to be on set and I was like how do I continue to be active even right. though I want to be on the streets like holding my sign and screaming yeah, my face. I still want to be responsible and be safe with yeah. working. Yeah. But then also but then also I my other activism is having those conversations. And I was shaking yeah. I was nervous and he was mm -hmm. like so he's like thank you for saying what you want to say and, and like having the bravery to say that and I was like yeah it was very uncomfortable but yes. I had to say it, you know, and, and, and it's those little, that seem like little ways that like, if my white counterparts and my other black artists are like, Hey, if I'm going to be in this and there's not, sorry, my dog is, wants to play fetch. And if, you know, if, if there isn't that representation, then we need to ask for it. You know, um, yes. we need to say, if you're going to, cause I did a show and I, I got married in the, the show and I had no black family. Um, because it was, how does was that the work? Only wow. Yeah, the only, and they made the black people that, well, there was two mixed race people and they made them late staff. And I was just like, what oh, is happening? Wow. You know, and this was 2013, but it's just yeah. like, I never want to have that happen again. And, yes. and even if they don't adhere to it, at least I said something and yes. at least uh, I'm advocating for myself and my people and representation yes. as best as I can. I can't decide if a network is going to do that or, or whatever the case may be, especially in these crazy times. But I'm really hoping that more people will just say, hey, I'm so happy I'm here. Thank you so much for the job and the opportunity. I also like, there is a thing called inclusivity clauses. And I think yes. you exercise mm -hmm. those things. If you have like a scotia of power, 
then you need to use that power to do better. Yeah, get yeah. more people Excellent. behind the scenes. In, yeah, you know, in decision-making roles. Conversations. And yeah. I will say, like, the movie I'm on right now, there are a lot of women of color in this, and I'm, I'm like, thrilled. So that yes. behind the scenes and in positions of creative power. So I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I'm... I'm actually, I was so scared to be in, you know, what I was assuming would be an all white space. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I've just been in isolation and only yeah. mm -hmm. protesting. And I was like, wow, like these women are amazing. And everyone's kind of just, everyone's being very honest. You know, they're talking about race on a set or in a work like setting ever has never been a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in any industry, I'm sure across the board, everyone's like, mm, "I'm, I know you're black, but we're not going to talk about it." Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I know. That's, we, I mean, we just went back to work, and I work in retail, and I think like our first week back was, because you know, like, it, I mean, it was like nobody knew what to do. We're coming back. We're coming back after COVID. We're coming back after like everything that's been happening, and it's like we've had some of the most open and honest conversations like in our workspace, just about like you know, what our company's doing and like what our staff is doing. And I'm like, well, if anything, this is opening up conversations. And I think it's like so great to see that like New York City, it, like, there's protests happening every day still, even though it's not plastered oh, all over like Instagram, it's like there's multiple, multiple protests happening every day and rallies and people like gathering together. And I feel like, like I mean, it's what, like over a month strong now that. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think that until we have new leadership. I think it's going to be oh, that way. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We don't have any leadership right now. And that's why the people are taking yeah. the streets and saying what they're exactly. saying. Exactly. You know, and, and also like at our rally, like I made sure that there was voter registration because I don't, there's no point yes. in going to the streets and being like, whatever, if you can't learn how to be active, like actually yes. active, like being right. a body is so important, but also making sure that you're voting. And like, I voted on Juneteenth, which was early, the early voting day in New York city. And I was just like, to honor my ancestors because the the right to vote is something that my ancestors struggled and and died for mm -hmm. so i can't take that lightly I, I had never really been a big i'm gonna do councilman and i was like okay i gotta figure all this out I know, yeah, I got you have to do this. your homework <laughs> yeah, go like, like wait who are these people what are yeah, they yeah. yeah i vote for sheriff and i'm hearing about all these sheriffs that are horrible okay wait 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 yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, i have more power but i'm, I'm not using it um and so, you know, trying to get people to vote at this point, I'm working with um, Women for Biden and Broadway for Biden to just- Yes, you are. Yeah, to get people out to vote, which is why I, you know, one of the reasons why I tweeted, um, I was doing that in alliance with that those two groups because I, however I can just help enact change, you know, I will. And voting is very, is very, very important. And, and last, our last major election, you know, 2016, we saw what the Russians did. We we have all of the evidence, and we saw that Black community voted 20% less in this last election yes. than yes. they had in the previous three elections. So, yeah, it's those numbers that shock me and make me go, okay, I need to make sure that people have the information and are voting and are using their rights. So that's that's my 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 mission right now. And like the protest was amazing. I'm glad that it went off well because I started having nightmares i was like what is someone oh, killed at my rally like I'm sure. i've created a space where people could be in danger and then it was beautiful and inclusive and loving and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna get hate for the rest of my life like people are gonna be like i hate the way you sing or i hate this or i hate that and, right. and that's just gonna be life but if i lead in a way that like i how i want to see the world like you having those conversations in in your job, it's like you guys are talking about the society and the way that you want your world to be. 
you're you're talking about how you what will make you feel more comfortable and make your your job become better and easier because you won't be hiding parts of yourself or whatever the case may be. So I think that like I'm just gonna continue to speak my truth, and I definitely think Hamilton has helped me feel stronger in that voice, even though yes. they didn't want to post my flyer or allow me to use their bathrooms. Yeah. That's fine. History's got its eyes on you, Hamilton. (laughs) You know, I'm sorry. We're calling people out, but yeah, that's it's you know we'll see we'll see how it all transpires and like all these corporations and stuff saying that they're very supportive and Black Lives Matter and and hopefully to them it's not a trend. It's not a trend in my life. I would be black till the end. Um. So so it's. I, we'll see. And I'm, I'm, I, I, all of our eyes are open and we're all watching. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Thank so, you so much. Very much. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh, Crystal, can you let us, yeah. uh, the listeners know where to follow you, all of your social media oh, info? Sure, sure, sure. Yes. So you can follow, oh my, there's a squeaky toy now. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Not a proper. It's very on brand for so you guys can find me at the KJB.com. That's my website. Or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Crystal Joy Brown. That's with a K, Crystal Joy Brown, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Crystal, such an honor. so much. And I'll, yeah, you guys got to come see the show again in 2022 when we come back. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It's at work, but. Hi, Adam. Um, no, and, and, um, it's great to see it on film, but like the experience of the theater, mm-hmm. it's just totally different. Yeah, that's what was missing. The electricity. As soon as we walked in that theater, the electricity mm-hmm. just grabs you. Oh yeah. So, I know I'm going to sob like a baby. I hope I can even get through my first line. Cause yeah. they oh, go, Alexander Hamilton, Alexander yeah. Hamilton. And then the, the, the audience roars, you know, and then I'm just, yeah. then my line is next. And I'm like, hopefully I won't be too choked up. I'm going to do oh, a lot yeah. of breathing exercises before that. So, um, I hope you guys continue to support the theater. We are devastated by all of this. So please continue yeah. to support artists. And thank you so much for having me on. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this. We need more women voices just talking about all the things. Everything. Oh, thank you so much. We Bye. love you, Crystal. Thank love you. you guys. Thank you so thank much. Bye bye. Wow. What a talented woman. Please be sure to follow Crystal on all of her social media platforms. Fantastic actress. Great interview. We were so lucky to have her. Amazing activist. Ah, so proud of our Crystal. Support her. Support her. Support her causes. Support Hamilton. Okay, so Erin, uh, people of color count? Well, we people didn't do the your... particulars. Oh, <laughs> ouch. So this is Hamilton 2020, which was released on July 3rd, 2020, directed by Thomas Kale, who also directed the off-Broadway and Broadway productions of In the Heights, um, Hamilton. He also did two episodes of the TV show Two Broke Girls, Grease Live, and Fosse Verdon. Oh. Nerd alert, he grew up in Alexandria, Virginia. What? And oh, was wow. a graduate oh, of Here we are. A graduate of Sidwell Friends. Sidwell Friends. Mm-hmm. And he met Lin-Manuel Miranda at Wesleyan. 
Is that how you say it? Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. That school. Produced by Thomas Kale and Jeffrey Seller, who also produced Rent, Avenue Q, In the Heights, as well as the Broadway production of Hamilton. Produced and written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who has won a Pulitzer Prize, three Tony Awards, three Grammy Awards, an Emmy, a MacArthur Fellowship, and a Kennedy Center honor. He also did In the Heights. He was in the musical Bring It On, the musical, and he wrote the songs in Disney's Moana. It's based on oh, the book. I love Disney's Moana. See? Based on the book Alexander Hamilton by Rod Chernow, who also wrote The House of Morgan, An American Banking Dynasty, and the Rise of Modern Finance, Titan, The Life of John D. Rockefeller, Washington, A Life, and Grant. Music is by Lynn Manuel Miranda. The director of photography is Declan Quinn. He, this guy has such a diverse portfolio. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, Leaving Las Vegas, Flawless, 28 Days, Get Rich or Die Trying, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, and Rent, filmed live on Broadway, just to name a few. It's edited by Jonah Moran, who also cut Pie and Friday Night Tykes. And starring Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton. He was also in Speech and Debate, Mary Poppins Returns, House, The Electric Company, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Leslie Odom Jr. as Aaron Burr, who was also in Rent, Leap of Faith, the film Red Tails, Murder on the Orient Express, Harriet, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, and CSI Miami. Philippa So, who played Eliza Hamilton. She was also in the shows Amelie, The Parisian Woman, on TV Smash, Here and Now, and The Code. David Diggs as Lafayette <gasps> slash Thomas Jefferson. Uh, he wrote so good. He wrote and produced and starred in the film Blind Spotting. He was also in oh. Wonder, Velvet Buzzsaw, The Get Down, Blackish. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and most recently he can be seen on the television show Snowpiercer. Hmm. Renee Elise Goldsberry played Angelica. She was also in the Broadway production of The Lion King, The Color Purple, Rent. She was also in Ally McBeal, One Life to Live, and where I know her from, The Good Wife. Christopher Jackson as Washington. He was in The Lion King, In the Heights, Oz, Bull, and When They See Us. Jasmine Cephas Jones, she was Peggy and Marie Reynolds. She was also in Mistress America, Blind Spotting, The Photograph, and Mrs. Fletcher. Okrite Onawano, oh man, I practiced it too. Okrite Ona Odoan as Hercules Mulligan. And <gasps> Hercules James Mulligan! Madison. He was also in the Broadway production of Rocky, American Idiot, Girls, The Get Down, Grey's Anatomy, and Station 19. Anthony Ramos as Lorenz and Philip. He was in the Kennedy Center production of In the Heights, the film Patty Cake. He was in A Star is Born, the 2016 oh. one, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and he was also in She's Gotta Have It on Netflix. And as King George II, 
Jonathan Groff, who was in Spring Awakening. He was also in One Life to Live, Glee, The Good Wife, Boss, Looking, Frozen, and Frozen 2. And I know him from Mindhunter. I, I wanted to be able to wipe his mouth for him. That was part of his performance. I know. I know. I just yeah, I kept you're the same as Adam. The first bit that came out, and he was like, "Oh, oh my I god!" Know. But then <laughs> today we woke up, or yesterday morning we woke up, and he was like, "Oh, I have a Hamilton song stuck in my head," and I was like, "Oh, which one?" And he was like, "Da da 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 da." And he was like, "Oh, I like that guy." I was like, "Oh, I, da, 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 I know." I just wanted to do it for him, but he was I in know. character, and he did was like. So perfect for the character. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Because you know, I mean, not However, telling. My recasting is pretty freaking on point. That was one of the recastings that I did, and because I don't know much about King George II, but I do know that he is a British monarch, so he's inbred. Oh yeah, he probably has a lot of spittle. Yeah, he probably had a lot of a uh, lot of things wrong. Yeah, probably. So those are the particulars. Well done. Instead of, at this point, setting the table and going through the first hour of Hamilton, we're going to forego that because if you haven't seen it, you should have, and you should. And so we're going to go right to our people of color or people of European descent count. And Aaron, you have a, a, a take on it? Okay, so Hamilton... The, the Broadway musical is known for its diverse, multiracial cast. So there's a, a ton of people. It's all people of color. But they're all playing real-life characters who are people of European descent. Correct. It's all white people that they're playing. So You're Correct. And there's... They mention slavery, but there's no slaves in it. <clears throat> there's no... There's no person of color who's an actual character within the play, if that makes sense. So we Other just, than Alexander Hamilton, who came from... He, yeah, which he, he came from Nevis, I believe. Um, so he, he came from an island. Yeah, he came from an island, but he's like a Scotsman. Yeah, he's, he's white. I mean, there's so he could have a he could have yeah, but he's white. I mean, he's a founding father, so he's white. It's but truth be told, the Hamilton casting is what got us into recasting people of color in the roles that have predominantly been white people. Oh, I didn't know as a newcomer to the show, I did not realize that Mm -hmm. because exactly correct the mundo because it um. There's so much, there's just so much talent that's out there. And for it, people to just be constrained of like, well, this is a white person, so it has to be a white person. Right. Then you're, you're letting all of this other great and fantastic talent go to waste. Right. And also I think that something that is an important thing, because Hamilton has its detractors, it has its uh, critics and stuff, but I feel like... One of the things that I always took when I was watching it with the diverse cast is that I was always well aware that the reason that it is a diverse cast is because this is all white people um, putting together and building the system of white supremacy that we have. There's no people of color in it. There's 
concessions get made as to the slavery question and issue. And so this is laying the foundation and the framework of that. And I feel like I can I can enjoy it and, and like the show at the same time of acknowledging that this is pretty problematic, but this is the history. This is why we are where we are right now. Right. And the show... Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Exactly. And the show, by having its multiracial cast re- reflecting, this is America, though, we can take the lessons that these w- white people and white supremacists who built the country, we can take their words that all men are created equal, and we can create that world. We can, we can do and make what they wanted. I mean, not wanted, but what their words said. We can make it literal. Okay. Uh, nerd alerts. Okay. I, well, I, mine's a tasty set, but. Okay. okay. Nerd alerts. All right. So this, this was filmed in June of 2016. So 2016, we had the Zika outbreak. We had. Oh, wow. That sounds like not bad news. Exactly. It sounds like a (laughs) 99.1 temperature. Uh, Remember Harabi, the 17 year old Western lowland gorilla that was shot and killed at the Cincinnati Zoo after the boy fell into the enclosure? Yes. Because some idiot went in. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was one of the worst things that happened. Cincinnati Zoo. Well, well, put a pin in that, Christine, because 49 people (laughs) died at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Uh, That was 2016. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 2016 just kept getting worse. Yeah, Yeah, because then UK voters decided to leave the European Union. Yes. Right. Um, Yeah. Well, but... I'll end it on two high points. Um, Pokemon Go came out, and that... That was, that was a plus. That got me and Adam out walking. See? It did get you two out. And we had the Summer Olympics in Rio. Oh, remember the Summer Olympics? Yeah. Remember Olympics? That right now. Yeah, those Remember the- being proud of America? So, yeah, that's all that happened in 2016. Nothing else did. Uh, I can't hear that's you. All, that's all we're that's going all, with. That's all that happened. Okay. So we are going to reheatables. Oh, but I'm sorry. I do have an, another nerd alert. Oh, okay. You oh. know me. All right. Buckle in, everyone. Because I, when I watched Hamilton this time, I was like, how did a young, scrappy, and hungry group of colonies defeat a world power empire? Yes. Like how how did they were just these loose colonies and there was no organized army. There was because honestly that's the energy we need right now. Um yeah. And and so in the cabinet, you know, when it's when it's Jefferson and he's having the rap battle with Hamilton. Drop the mic. Right. You know. I want I just wondered I understood why the North wanted to succeed and start a Viva La Revolution because they were taxing their tea and that's just the one thing that you do not do. That was a bridge too far was the taxation of the tea. That would be like extra taxation on Hendrick's gin. So it it was like we're we're losing our minds, we're gonna riot. But what about the South? I mean, the South kind of, as Jefferson said, had it made in the shade. They were exporting, and Britain was their biggest export. 
So they were, they're just making a whole bunch of money. So how, why would the South decide that they wanted to change and now go Viva la Revolution? I mean, there's not one answer, but here's an answer that doesn't really get talked about too much. States rights? No, kind of. There weren't states. There were colonies. It's a case. It's called the Somerset case, a.k.a. Somerset versus Stewart. It's the judgment of the English court of the King's Bench in 1772. So James Somerset was an enslaved African brought to England by Charles Stewart of Boston, Massachusetts, British Crown Colony, North America. Stewart brought Somerset to England in 1769. In 1771, Somerset was like, ha ha, deuce, you know the vibes, I'm out. Peace out, see you later. Sweet, sweet freedom. In November, he was recaptured and put on a boat that was going to set sail for Jamaica where Stuart was going to have Somerset sold into labor because he got his feelings hurt that this man wanted his freedom and bounced. So, but in that time that Somerset had freedom, he had three godparents from when he was baptized into the Church of England. So he had like three white people basically that had his back. And on December 3rd, they petitioned the court and got a writ of habeas corpus, which habeas corpus just means basically bring us the body. So he was imprisoned on a ship going and his three godparents were like, no, hold on a second. Now let's wait. And so they like, bring, bring him the body. Let's see him, bring him. So Captain Knowles, that was the captain of the boat, produced Somerset before the court. And colonial laws, and so then the court decided that colonial laws may permit slavery, but this is England. So Lord Mansfield, he heard the arguments and he said, quote, let justice be done, whatever the consequences, end quote. So of slavery, he said that it was so odious that it could not exist at a common law. So like in England, they didn't have slavery. So they couldn't force the slave back saying, quote, we cannot say the case set forth by this return is allowed or approved by the laws of this kingdom. Therefore, the black must be discharged. So... That resulted in about 15,000 slaves living in England getting their freedom. And when news of this reached America, the southern slave owners started to get real nervous because they're under, you know, they're a colony. They're under the king's law. They basically just heard that the king freed slaves. So that was the tipping point that made the South join up with the North and be like, yo, <laughs> all right, we see your revolution thing. If, if we join on and we have our money that we've been making from all this oh, free labor. We keep our slaves. Yeah, like we'll join you and give all of this that we have as long as you allow us to keep our slaves. Wow. So John Adams in... 1774 promised to support their right to maintain slavery 
And to quote Eleanor Holmes Norton, quote, the price of freedom from England was bondage for African slaves in America. America would be a slave nation. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of true. And they, they, the founding fathers just kind of kicked the can down because in their mind, their most important thing was getting freedom. Right. So it, right. they, that's what they wanted. They so wanted freedom. freedom. They yeah. were but freedom. the black people freedom, not, not so much. Not so much. Also, special nerd alert and shout out to Crispus Atticus, who is a black man. And on March 5th, 1770, he was the first American killed in the Boston Massacre, therefore making him the first American killed in the Revolutionary War. So the first person that was killed in the Revolutionary War was a black man. Of course. Mm-hmm. What the... And, and may I say, this is the first time I've ever heard that yeah. in all of my education. But I it... have a master's degree. It's the first time I've heard because that. Because you, but because that's not what it's taught. Because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's people didn't know how to go about discussing it because people couldn't hold two thoughts in the head at one time. I mean, it was always something that I always questioned because slavery in the and just the South, seeing it, Mount Vernon and stuff. I was just like, why did they want? What was so bad about this life that they had that they wanted freedom? Right. And it's always been taught to us that, well, but it, it's freedom. Oh, why would you not? You don't really need a reason. They, it was the, uh, the under a king and they wanted it to be a democracy for people. But, but when you're really into the nitty gritty, I mean, we all know that the answer to every question is money. So then I was like, how did the colonies without the backing of the British Empire and the British Empire was like they were the empire, you know? They 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 had all of the money. How did they win? How did what where did they get their money from? And a lot of people put up collateral and their the collateral that they put up to buy and and to get money to fund the revolution came from their property. And what was a lot of their property? Black bodies. So black bodies funded this American revolution. Holy shit. Wow. Wow. Okay. Gonna take a drink on that one. That's I mean if we if we want to this is the kind of investigative like getting into the nitty gritty of like let's not kid ourselves anymore. This is how the country yeah. got built. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now we're going to go to reheatables. Mm-hmm. Our negative reheatables. I didn't have any negative. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the whole movie. Okay. Okay. This is my negative. Being someone who is fortunate enough to have seen this three times on the stage with with two of my very favorite ladies at different times, <laughs> um, the electricity you felt as soon as you walked in that theater, I, like it was electric. 
there was just like a like an electric current going on. And then when uh, the first line gets yeah. Like, and as soon as he goes, Alexander Hamilton, my name, the first time I saw it, I went, this is, that was when I said, I don't, I might have to remortgage the house, but Aaron has to see this. And then when we were in New York, I went, Teeny has to see this with me. And she did. So. Am I the only one with bad reheatables? I didn't. I just didn't do my homework. I told you that. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead with bad reheatables. Go ahead. Well, I would just say that there's no people of color. I mean, and so Sally Hemings is mentioned in passing. And it's just the... yeah. It would have been yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you know yeah. they 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 mention you know slavery and stuff. But... And I'm gonna say I don't know how long that Ron Chernow autobiography is of Alexander Hamilton. It's a thick. Ass book. Yeah, he doesn't write so, pamphlets. So there's no way he could have put everything in it. Um, okay, go ahead, Aaron. Um, I get, you know, the founding fathers, uh, the, a bit of the glorifying of them, but I get, but also I'm kind of like, at this point, it's just... Aaron, when did you find out that George Washington's wooden teeth weren't really wooden teeth, but the teeth of slaves? When did well, you, you find that out? Well, you just stepped on my next bad reheatable. That was, I mean, I just, yeah, I'm I found 68 that years old, and so, I just heard that. So George Washington's teeth, I had always known he had teeth problems. Everybody always heard that he had dentures made would. out of wood. Um, it turns out that he had a bunch of different uh, dentures and dentures. Mount Vernon found in his ledger that he paid, I think six, I have it in here, that he paid six pounds for nine teeth pulled from slaves according to a 1784 oh ledger. God, and you know that was just with, with, um, with pliers. Yeah, and even though he paid them, um, the Mount Vernon website also specifically indicates that the payment does not mean the slaves had any choice in the matter. Oh, no. So, hey, dude, you got good teeth. Come here. Lest anyone get all on like, well, he paid them for it. Oh, my they God. didn't have a choice in the I matter. I had no freaking idea. So that's that's kind of tough. Oh, um, OK. Yeah, that's that's another thing that's not. But, you know, where I, I like that I found that out in that that Mount Vernon is like, hey, although the article that I found that out in, I got the article because someone on Twitter pointed out that Mount Vernon was selling magnets of yes. the dentures. And the lady yes. was like, hey, oh, God. just yes. so you know, these were made of slaves teeth. And then, you know, Mount Vernon was like, oh, thank you for bringing it to our attention. We're going to stop selling it. And Oh my god. So they did that. Man, how many times have I been to Mount Vernon? So many times. So many times. Thank you, Aunt Babs. But I did pee right in the front lawn. <laughs> yeah, you did you didn't drop a load, but you did drop a, mm -hmm. a pee spray. That's what I think. All over his front yard. This is what I think of your front yard, George. Um also, it's while I'm on the glorifying of George Washington, 
do you remember in the Smithsonian Natural History Museum the the like thirst trap George Washington statue that was in the in there where he's yes. sitting and he's like shirtless and completely ripped? Yes. <laughs> that's, yes. That's that's probably my first seeing of George Washington. He looks like Brad Pitt in Troy. He yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. man just yeah. Yeah. Oh. They, that used to be in the Capitol. They had to move it from the Capitol. I just remember being in, it's like, it, I don't know where it is now. Just as a kid, it was just at the end of the hallway. Of yeah. Just like, wow, like, what a wow. specimen. Yeah. <laughs> huh. <laughs> all righty then. Um, all of, like, we mentioned it earlier in the interview with Crystal, but just how Eliza Hamilton did all of this crazy stuff and it's just mentioned in like five seconds and it's just a yeah. ridiculous yeah. amount of things that she just went on to live another 50 years and oh it just happened to do this and this and this by the yeah. way i lived another 50 years and look at all the shit I <laughs> right did. yeah right but who will tell my story um well maybe let me well uh, eliza's the next musical that's well, right it needs to be with crystal yeah well really it should be a woman like, well, yeah, yeah, you know, that writes yeah, it. You're right, you're right. No, I mean, anyone really, but. No, yeah. And then the the fact that Angelica. Liza! <laughs> That's what it would be called. <laughs> Lies, yes. Um, and Peggy. That Angelica had to marry because she was the oldest. She was the only girl. Her, her yeah. father didn't have any sons. So she knew that she had to marry for money and couldn't she marry had for to love. Marry money. Yeah. And she did it. And she's like, all right. Well, so those were my, my bad reasons. Got a man that paid for everything, though. <laughs> yeah. And there is a least valuable person in that it is alleged that Angelica and Alexander had a an intimate relationship. It's alleged. Well, he had a reputation as a ladies' man. He was a tomcat. A tomcat, so... Okay. I don't know. And our, people are I, complicated. And, you know, if you look at, at our forefathers, you look at their um, portraits, he was the best-looking one of all of them. Yes, it, yeah. Okay, now we are to MVPs. Did you do the good reheatables? I'm just, no, good reheatables. Okay. My good reheatable is the blended cast. Yes. Yeah. Erin? Um, Christine? Wow. I don't get any all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to point out that I don't know if this is the one you used or not, but you said this is our first guest ever when you were introducing Crystal, but I thought I was your first guest ever. And <gasps> that wasn't like, me. Because I'm not famous, that uh, I don't get any, you know, I just, you know, it's fine. Um, well, excuse but- me. I would just like to say that you're a host. So it doesn't, it's. Was, well. You're saying yeah, at okay. the time. You want to get into semantics. Uh, my positive reheatables, the cast as well. But I mean, just the, I would say, and this isn't for the movie, so I don't know if this is allowed because this is more so when you see it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, on Broadway. But like I think we do. my positive reheatable would be having to see it in person, and I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. But I like I, there was a moment where like I looked at Adam yesterday when we were watching it, and I was like, oh my god, like this is the moment when I looked at your mom, and I was like, oh my god, like I get it now. Like there's just like a moment where you like are like, oh wow, like this is happening. This is so good. And like I'd seen Broadway shows before, but there's just like a different feel and energy and it's like so like so cool to just look on stage and see a cast that is not all white and you know and expected exactly Mm -hmm. especially when you're you know like in the seventh row of the theater i mean and the soundtrack because i'm really good at singing it and it's really good (laughs) soundtrack if you like to cook dinner or go on runs. Very singable. It is. is. What are your favorite songs? Do you have like go-tos? Burn, Helpless, any Eliza song really. Exactly. Uh, Dear Theodosia, also really like that one. I know, I love Dear Theodosia. Aaron Burr also is a good one. Yes. Nice. Those I are- mean, honestly, any of the, uh, all of the um, Eliza ones are the, are the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah. And take a take a break. Take a break. I've been singing that all day. Oh. Yeah, I like those. And who lives, who dies, who tells your story? I mean, they're yes. all uh, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of that, that's one of my good reheatables. Is who lives, who dies, who tells the story? Because that's what history is. Yeah. is it, it, it's written down. And you can think about it in your own life when someone passes away and stuff. And then that's, it's just up to the stories and what right. gets told. So, right. you know, I feel like this revelation that has happened with the history and, and the story of America is that, well, look who told the story. Look who lived, who died, and who got to tell the story. And now that the story isn't just condensed and left into textbooks that kids may yes. or may not open, that now anybody can have a, you can just be sitting on the couch and wondering, well, why is this? And you can instantly Google it and you'll get all these different stories that you didn't necessarily yeah. get in the past. And that's exactly. why we're finding out about George Washington's teeth and that how slavery played into the American Revolution. And, and I'm hoping it'll be a little bit harder to hide because especially in the 1700s, I mean, you literally just had letters to base it on. You know, yeah. like letters is all you can really like or text and word of mouth is all you can base it on. But now it's like, so you could really mold the story that was taught a little bit more and I'm hoping that now with like everybody I mean with the internet like obviously like depending on who's teaching it it can still be molded but it will be a little bit easier to figure out what really happens Mm -hmm. it's with everything with everything that's going on now like you've got Twitter and Instagram and Mm -hmm. TikTok and Facebook and it's harder to, to keep up the facade it's harder yeah, for exactly. it's harder for the myth to stay intact. And there's going to be a lot of people who 
will push back on it because that's that's their mythology that they came up with and and that's what they hold to be sacred but it's like it doesn't mean that the founding fathers didn't have their own set of greatness it just means that like this is also true though and it's the also true part that the country never reckoned with Mm -hmm. because like i also have songs as great reheatable because that's i came to hamilton i kept it was in like when the soundtrack came out i think that was in september of 2015 maybe and it was one of these things kind of happened in my life where i'll see i'll see these things the same thing over and over again in different aspects and different parts of my life and after about the third time I, i'm sort of like okay something is telling me that I need to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it was finally... Oh my God, you're, you're Adam. Yeah, it was finally this <laughs> this Kerry Washington tweeting about, um, when I was on Twitter, tweeting about the Hamilton soundtrack. And I'm just like, all right, I get it, universe. What is this? And one day at work, I put it on. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know who the cast was. And I just listened to it. And I was... I was shocked because I didn't expect it. I knew it was a Broadway soundtrack. I thought it was going to kind of be maybe like a Hedvig and the Angry Inch, how it hear the songs and then you're not going to hear the story in between. But if you know it, then you can follow it. So I was just listening to it strictly for the songs. But when I started listening to it, I was like, oh my God, this is the whole show. Like I yeah. didn't miss anything from the whole show. And I listened to the whole, like, my experience of it is in a cubicle, just enthralled by this story. And I was like, after the first song, I think I texted you. It was, you have to listen. Oh my gosh. And then we listened to it the first time driving back from New York when I flew in to visit. And you were just like, we're just crying at the end. My dad's like, what is wrong with you guys? And that was when you were like, well, I have to go, I have to see this. Right. And, and then we knew more about like the cast and how it was, but it was the songs and stuff that, that got me. And I love, I always love history. So it was just hearing these hip hop sounding and I knew it, it's Broadway. Like I know it's not Wu-Tang and you know, it's, it's not real, real hip hop, hip hop, but it for Broadway, it's revolutionary hip hop yeah, and catchy. So, and then my other reheatable is the sequel that they'll include women because you know that and Hamilton that Hamilton was the least known of the founding fathers and I just was like oh I wonder why that is even though Liza did all this work but could it be that he was the founding father that was like maybe slavery isn't a good idea guys and we're gonna Mm -hmm. have a huge reckoning over this but I think my greatest reheatable from this is the protest and the revolution because Mm -hmm. a lot of people know about in the declaration of independence we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness but a lot of people don't know how the declaration of independence really starts like it's when you're gonna declare something and i think that is something that you should always be hearkened back to because I think it's always applicable and that 
when it starts when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the law of nature and of nature's god entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should dissolve the causes which impel them to the separation and I, I always I always come back to that because it's always it's always very tenuous. It's it's right there. Sometimes in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one right. people to be like, nah, you're not cutting it. You're not doing it. Revolution. By all means necessary. By any means necessary. OK. And okay. they're and they're treated as heroes for doing that. Right. Right. Okay. Quotables. Uh, there will be a revolution in this country. We'll never be truly free until those in bondage are free. Rise up. Uh, anybody else have one? I have. If you stand for nothing, bird, what will you fall for? Hmm. I didn't do my homework. But you're fine. Yeah. Um. How does a ragtag <laughs> volunteer army in need of a shower somehow defeat a global superpower? Mine is Eliza. <laughs> and Peggy. And Peggy. Wait, I had another one. Um. Okay. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. Yeah. So actually, there was there's so many that you can't even write them all down. I just turned my come my at, it, at you so quick. Mm -hmm. You got more than you gave, and I wanted what I got. When you got skin in the game, you stay in the game, but you don't get to win unless you play in the game. That was that's probably my fate, my all time favorite, and then. I like Get in the game. Mm -hmm. I'm past patiently waiting. Right. I just we will that. never be free until we can end slavery. And then there's a thing about all men are free. Not yet. Uh, and, and when um, Hamilton is talking to Jefferson and he's saying how the South is doing so great. And Hamilton says, your debts are paid because you don't pay for labor. Yeah, he's like, we know who's doing the planting. And then everything is legal in New Jersey. Yeah. On, I love that. Everything oh, is legal gosh. in New Jersey. Okay. So now we are to, excuse me, looking through my notes, MVP, LVPs, least valuable player. Okay. I said, I, I said none. I didn't have one. But then I had one, but then I forgot what it was. So what's yours, Aaron? Mine's white supremacy. And Oh, it's the least valuable player. Well, there's that. Teeny? Um, well, originally I was going to say the king. Oh, but he's so good. It's his villain yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but just his presence. Yeah, the yes. king. But then my LVP is just women not getting the spotlight they deserve in the film. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I, I I should say that this so, should have been this should have been called Eliza. Let's be honest. Really, I agree, I agree. 
And that's why people on Facebook were like, hey, is this really true? What happened at the end? How's this? I was like, yeah, do your homework, people. Mm -hmm. Cause that's what oh. everybody like when I was I was like wait she lived another fifty years and she did oh. <laughs> and then she founds the first orphanage well just bring on the tissues <laughs> okay MVPs I have a runner up okay because I really felt like this just so emphasized the entire stage production the dancers. The ensemble, I think oh they're Oh my as. god. They're fantastic. I was watching it again um before we did this, just watching them and how they're constantly yes. moving and yes. everybody in the cast is moving. I didn't get to ask Crystal about that, but I was watching Liza and I'm like, oh wow, look, she's up there out of it, but she's still like moving and just everybody in the cast and how they're staging continuously and synchronized. Moving and singing. And I gotta tell you Tini and I saw the steps she had to walk up to get to the mm -hmm. that upper level. So narrow. And she had those big bustles, I mean, in her dress. I don't know how she got up there with all that. And the ensemble plays so many different parts where you're like, oh, that was the guy who was the father. And that guy's yes. Reynolds now. And then that was the general. And then I read the bullet. That was... There was that the one dancer who was the bullet. Mm -hmm. And if you followed that one dancer, she was always close to whoever was going to get shot next. Oh, really? Which I didn't pay attention to. I just knew that she, I loved that, that she was the bullet. Um, yeah. It's just the, the staging of it is so oh, beautiful. Oh, the staging. Unbefreaked. And they used the whole stage so that there's very little room backstage for them to do anything. Mm. And Crystal said when we were on stage with her that she had to change costumes back there with very little room. Oh, wow. Her anti-flammable costumes. Her anti-flammable. Um, okay, so that was my runner-up. But my MVP, can I say it now? Yeah. Yes. Lynn Manuel Miranda for not doing an adaptation like Les Mis, where where you had to do a, a production of uh, oh yeah like to make the movie exactly yeah I loved it that it was just the show mm -hmm. on stage because that's the only way you can really redo this and then they had to do close ups and stuff but yeah keeping it the stage version and. Just that said, though, of the stage version, just I was very impressed by what they did in the filming of it because there's there is there's some tracking shots that they do, and mm -hmm. that's something that you know that's a film thing because when you're watching it, it's your eyes and and you know when they're designing it, I'm sure they want people's eyes of where to go, but. That's the thing about the stage in Broadway is that it's big and, you know, movies and stuff are, it's it's very controlling and you get to manipulate what the people see. And so I just thought it was very interesting and they did a good job of catching those close-up moments. And it's like, oh, because there were some with like close-up moments on Aaron Burr when, you know, when I saw it, I wasn't the seventh row, you know? So I didn't, I I could feel it and get the gist of it 
but it was cool seeing the close-up of the the look yes. on the face and stuff yeah, in certain was... scenes where you're like oh yes. okay true true that is it can i do my mvp you may my mvp is leslie odom jr Oh, I no. was just oh yeah, that was Adams too. Amazed because I've seen him. I know that he became a big star from this and and the, the circuit, you know, of, of talk shows and performances and stuff. And I've seen him in Red Tails and in Murder on the Orient Express, and I've liked him. But I was um he no shade or disrespect to the Aaron Burrs that I saw, but his Aaron Burr was just he got all of the textures that sh- the shade the the texture of like the way his Aaron Burr had this nerdy sort of almost kind of to me on the spectrum of being like this is what I have to do I have to do this and I'm not gonna you know I'm gonna talk less and I'm gonna smile more because I don't want other people to know where I, I stand and that's exactly. gonna get me through this and and his he just the way he played it he was such a great foil because even though you know from the beginning and history that he kills alexander hamilton you just are with him and on the journey and i just loved the voice that he put on to do the role and how it kind of i i read that it was that his character is kind of like a most deaf kind of delivery and rap and when i read that and i heard i'm like oh yeah it does kind of sound like yeah. most deaf um, and just, I really like how Mos Def raps and how he sounds and like how his voice is. So I just loved it. And I cannot say enough about like, yeah, mm-hmm. no wonder he's such a huge star from this. This is mm-hmm. what a breakout performance. I mean, David Diggs is great as well, but I yeah. was blown away by him. Agreed. Teeny MVP. I was gonna say to be Diggs. I know yeah. that was Poppy's favorite. He was too. really he good. Was so good. Like yeah. had me yeah. laughing. I, yeah, I mean his performance was so good. I, I mean I did have that moment because I remember going to see it and like after intermission you come back and I was like, wait, who's this? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the character's changed. So we were watching. I'm like, oh yeah. By the way, this changes, but it was so good. He was incredible to me yeah he was agreed okay recasting i might be the only one who did a recast you know i didn't do that i tried to and then i only ended up coming up with two i was gonna do one of my uh, all times and i got stuck on aaron burr so because i'm like leslie odom is just i couldn't think of anyone else Okay, so I'm going to start with King George. I have Everybody a... already knows who my King George is, and he is spot freaking on. Is, I, have a King, I have a King George and a Hamilton, so I'm curious as to who your King George is. Eddie Izzard. Oh, that would be good. I oh, would, my God. That would be really good. I have a good King George, I think. Okay. <laughs> John Malkovich. Okay, he would be. Oh, he would be, he would be a good one. Not as good as Eddie Izzard. No, Eddie Izzard is. Yeah, Eddie you, you killed good. it. Yeah. I always saw Eddie Izzard doing that part. Okay, so my Aaron Burr, sir. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. 
I, but Leslie Odom Jr. is so good. I know. I know. It's so hard. So my Thomas Jefferson, oh, I mean, Jeff it's really, that's really hard to do, but it had to be somebody who could be flamboyant as Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Will Smith. You know who would be an oh. all-time, that's a good one, in the in the all-time cast of Thomas Jefferson. Um, what's his name? Morris Day. Is that his name? From the time? Those in Purple Rain. Remember? Yes. With Prince? Yes. yes. He would be a good Thomas Jefferson. Yes. yes. Oh, Agreed. Yeah. Okay. My Angelica. I mean, I don't know that you could have a better one than Renee Elise. Goldsberry. Mm-hmm. I, I just think she's perfect. But if I had to choose somebody else, I chose Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. Or As, or like uh Rihanna or Beyonce. I did think of that. Rihanna would be a good Eliza. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean not Eliza, Angelica. Angelica. Yeah. And of course my Eliza, I'm sticking with Crystal. I would have liked to see. I was gonna cast Crystal as Angelica. I would have been curious. Well, she did too. Yeah, because yeah. she because that's she felt like how that she more felt it. Wheelhouse. I don't know. I thought she was so good as Eliza. I did too. Well, I never got to see it. Okay, my Alexander Hamilton. I only went on looks and stature alone. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who comes into that that gathering and she's like helpless immediately uh uh michael b jordan oh okay i thought you were gonna say idris elba (laughs) idris elba was gonna be my george washington oh that's a good one Mm -hmm. that's a good one my Mm -hmm. hamilton was uh because again i was gonna do all-time cast so it was harry belafonte as alexander hamilton yeah yeah. I mean, based on your requirements, mine would be Adam Bush. <laughs> True. Hell, yeah. But have you seen him sing and dance? No. Uh, and but we are doing that. But get things done? Okay. She said I was solely based on stature. And- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I totally agree with you. But do you really want him playing up as a crystal? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Okay, so now we are to Tasty Nuggets, and I have a few. Oh, okay. Um, And it was my MVP that uh, other musicals have done an adaptation, like Les Mis. And this was just the stage, the live taping of the show, so um, there was no film adaptation. I think that that's a yet. I think that there will be a because it because money. I hope not. No, because I really money. Do. I think in like a couple of years, once it's maybe in ten year, ten twenty years, because all they do, there are no new ideas in Hollywood, really. So you it's know true. that that at some point there is going to be the filmed adaptation, it's true. and it's true. it it could. It, it, I don't want a Russell Crowe trying to sing and not being able to pull it off. Um, Several. Evidently, Lin-Manuel Miranda was a huge West Wing fan. Oh. And several of the song lyrics are quotations or paraphrases from the West Wing. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. 
You'd have to look them up. Well, he throws a lot of hip-hop in lyrics into the songs, too. Like, the 10 whatever commandments there's the like a 10 dual commandments yeah that's like a, a takeoff on uh notorious big song like the i think it's right. like the 10 crack oh, commandments yeah. or something and there's a lot of different like a lot of lyrics and stuff i know what helpless that when he's like i'm so into you because i was always like this that it always before he got to that line it sounded like an swv type song like 90 mm-hmm. song that's what's so funny like listening to the soundtrack with like adam sitting in the other room he's like he recognizes all those like homages to other like mm-hmm. pop songs and i'm like oh shit <laughs> you know some of them but yeah because i recognize and he does some homages to other Broadway plays, like old Broadway plays. Yeah, like, like Gilbert uh, and Sullivan. Have to be carefully taught was from South Pacific. Uh, yeah, a long and time ago. Stuff like Sondheim, and I don't, I don't know my Gilbert and Sullivan and my Sondheim, so a lot of those references are over my head. Exactly. When Lin Manuel Miranda took his final curtain call after his final performance, they played the West Wing theme. I don't even remember the West Wing theme. I don't either. Um, Eliza established the first school in Washington Heights, which was the setting of Miranda's play in, in the, Heights. the Heights. Yeah. And Lynn Manuel Miranda had to give two fucks for this to be shown on Disney TV. So he was allowed to have one fuck. But he had to give two of them up so that it could still be PG-13. Oh, that's oh, why. He had a fuck still? There were, he left out two fucks. Fucking Democratic Republicans. I know, that one sucked to not hear that one. Yeah. Well, and and Hercules, because um, he's like, yes. when I get hit, I get the... And because I just watched that part because I was looking yeah. at it for quotables and it was like, fuck. And I was like, really? And then I when it got to that part, I was like, oh, he censored it. And then I wondered if they had censored it. And but I, that explains it. Hmm. He was allowed to have one. And I don't remember where the one was in the movie. OK, those are my tasty nuggets. Anybody else? Anything else? Well, mine was when we learned this from Crystal when we went on stage. Um. When we asked her about when she was singing Burn and she told us, because she told us that her outfits are flam or like uh, anti-flammable. Flame right. retardant? Are we allowed to say that? Am yeah, I allowed to say flame retardant? Yeah. Frame, oh. Flame retardant. Oh, yes. okay. Um, so that was thick because uh, that's real fire. Yes. That still freaks me out. That yeah. And then fire. she was talking about like, I just didn't realize how expensive all the costumes are. Like, yeah, those costumes that they have are so expensive. I had questions about that of of the laundry. Do they get laundered between every show? Because I just oh, yeah. imagine the sweat. I would sweat through yeah. the entire With all thing. Those lights, it's so hot. Yes, because all those lights are on them. There's no air circulation. Yeah, we still had we had lots of questions for Crystal. We just didn't get to. We just didn't want to keep her longer because she had a a family uh, FaceTime coming on, and we were just so grateful for the the time she gave us. That's all my tasty tidbits. Outstanding. 
Erin? I didn't have any tasty tidbits. Great. Okay. Well, that is our week of Hamilton. Oh, my God. It's so freaking good. It's just so rewatchable. I just put it on, and, and there's always things that I never noticed before. Yes. Yes. Because I saw it, um, I saw it at the Kennedy Center. Then I saw it at the Kennedy Center with Aaron. One time I was like third row center. That was the not last the time, time with me. No. The time with you, I was all the way up in the last row of the balcony. But I was glad to be able to see it from that point of view, too, because you could see the rotating sets and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the third time, I just... I watched Crystal the whole time whenever she was on stage. So, um, yeah, you just keep seeing different things every time you see it. Just like, oh, wow. Like they, and just how they seamlessly, the ensemble just picks up and moves everything. And it's like, exactly. oh, now we're on the ship. Oh, no. And, and then it's the like letter goes around. The, oh, my God. There just... was one point when I was watching that they just somebody threw a chair to another person and they exactly. caught it, and they caught it perfectly like, oh my god mm-hmm. exactly and it's like part of the choreography is moving the sets yep. um, it was unfreaking believable just the lighting and stuff and and how it just creates this whole thing like you know with the, like my favorite part oh, i forgot it to say it so i'll say it now reheatable is the hurricane and they have like the chairs, people are in the background and it's spinning. And so you're, you feel like you're in the hurricane. Oh, yeah. It's just like, wow. And something I didn't really get until the third time I saw it is when Angelica is, is toasting to the bride and the groom. Mm-hmm. And then everything goes in reverse. Mm-hmm. She goes back to the night she first met oh, him. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't fully grasp that until the time we were seeing it together, Teeny. And it was like, oh, okay, so that's all in reverse because she's saying she fell in love with him, but she saw well, her sister fall in love with him, so she gave him to her sister. Yeah. You know, Adam went to the bathroom, of course, in between the wedding and that song. And so he came mm-hmm. back and he was like, wait, what is happening? Exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. I had a bad reheatable. So we all said that we were gonna watch this at this for the first oh. time all together. I mean, we said this for the past month. Since we learned it was coming out on July 3rd. Yeah. We said, oh my God, we're all gonna start it at the same time. Christine texted me, said I had to take the day off. And I was like, well, lucky for us, I have that day off. And, and some of us don't get some of us are working in a post-coronavirus world in retail and don't get to really plan our schedules like the same way we used to especially with the other of us that are retired and just live every day like it's the best day so i had people like oh are you if gonna you don't understand what's happening right now it's mob bashing so mob and then we thought we were waiting until adam got home right adam had never seen it before and it turns okay. out that somebody had started watching it oh, already wait a minute and... we thought until this until maybe 30 minutes ago an hour ago mm-hmm that we all pressed play at the same time. And even then it was fishy because she still pressed play like five 
a solid five to seven minutes before we did. What she about the intermission? We all then, we paused the intermission. The intermission. intermission. Okay, we're pausing during intermission. We and somebody went ahead. So she ended up finishing the movie 20 minutes before we did yep. anyway. Because we sent and a text. Then, and because I, I got to the intermission, I'm like, are we pausing? Because I went to the bathroom within the intermission time. But then I was like, are we pausing? Christine says, yes, we're is pausing. Are you feeling sorry for me right now? I don't no. think so. My new, yeah. she responded back. And then she like texts us. Like, oh my god, the room where it happens. And we're like, are you kidding me? We're like two songs behind at this point. Um, okay. But we she didn't even tell us until today. Today. And she's like, oh my god, I have to say I watched the first hour. Hour because I have to take notes on the first you have a hour. You had a full day and a half, almost two full days in between when we watched it all together and we recorded this podcast and you could have watched the hour then. I could have. I didn't And you even didn't even do the that. first hour. I know. All of that is all true. It's very All of yeah. that is true. So and that's I a big, that might be the LVP. <laughs> I Well, know. mine's still patriarchal white supremacy, but oh, yeah, honorable mention. <laughs> Thank you. Honorable mention. <laughs> Thank you. I am right. going to take all of this guilt that's being put upon me and go with it because who got Crystal to join our podcast? Yeah, I guess so. Hello? I guess. Christine? Uh, Christine? No, wow. Oh, she's Eric? telling me out now. Eric? Okay. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, what a great it time. It was fun. This was it fun. was so good. Okay, so anything after this is going to be a letdown. I don't know whose week it is. Well, it's Christine's week, but it's are we funny. having a week next week? Speaking of which, I won't be here next week. Yeah, so the hits just keep <laughs> For on my coming. week. Oh, okay. But we'll be here the next week. So, Christine, your 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 pick still goes. Well. I also went with the 2016 pick. Oh. I just went with another new movie. Something I've never seen, but I believe it was nominated for a couple of awards. I think there's some controversy, but I'm not sure. But I went with Moonlight. Oh, nice. Um, I, I like seen Moonlight. It. Well, it goes along with, you know, Christine picks. Get your tissues. Oh, is it sad? <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It's very uh, gut-wrenching, but it's well, really and good. And in a few weeks, we'll be doing, I think we'll be able to do a live one. Or not a live one, but one where we're all in the same room. <gasps> the room where it happens. Oh, July 26th could be the room where it happens. Oh. Could Hmm. Interesting. If somebody brings along a little cassette tape player. The recorder? <laughs> no, or I could just player. use my phone. <laughs> oh, you're so funny, Ma. Oh my gosh, this has been a roller coaster, has it not? It has. Wow. Okay, listeners, this is a long one, but uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed it, and and that's what we got. 
If you're a new listener and you got all the way till the end, we appreciate you. Yeah, uh, I would. I wish that Podbean would show how many people listened to until Crystal went off, and then how many people it's listened like deuces. after Crystal left us. Maybe three. Oh yeah. Okay. Thank you, Crystal Joy Brown. Yes, thank you. Star of stage and screen for joining us and helping us talk about Hamilton. Well, there you go, listeners. Bye-bye.